0: It's a very special edition of the J.T. and Looney podcast. As you know, J.T. and I are savants. We are very autodidactic men. We are interested in everything and not just sports. And when Oscar season rolls around, a lot of times, most normal people will see the films that are nominated for Best Picture and say, I've never seen any of these. But not J.T. and me. We usually see almost everything this year. Not as close to most years. Usually, most years we've seen everything in every category in, in the major categories. This year, uh, as you know, the last couple of years have been a little bit tougher, getting into a theater uh, or streaming everything that is nominated. But nevertheless, we will be joined by our good friend Lights Camera Jackson, film critic, he has been coming on the JT and Looney podcast. And our nationally syndicated show for years. Uh, You may have known him from the Jay Leno show back in the day, and he's a regular with us anytime there's something big going on in the movie business. Our conversation with Lights Camera Jackson is powered by Bet Online. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage. We get to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, the Final Four. Can't wait! To quote the great Bart Scott, if you're looking to bet on sports this year, specifically March Madness, but any sport bet online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and information. Great contests, bracket contests, chance to take home big prizes. Head over to the website or use your phone. Sign up today, and usually, you know, because you're friends with JT and Looney. You can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE. That is the BELIEVE radio network, spelled B L E A V. You get yourself started. Bet online, your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game starts.
1: And now the podcast starts, damn it! All right, well, will start it. Three, two, and one it's the jt and looney podcast tom what episode and who is our glorious guest for this episode we are on
0: episode 123 <laughs> <laughs> and uh today it's great we have a guest lights camera jackson a member of us what is the screen critics guild the writers this critics guild of america
2: what is it called jackson Critics' Choice Association, and, okay. I'm, and I'm also part of sag after, yes.
0: Okay, Critics' Choice Association. You recently had your awards, the Critics' Choice Awards, where the critics actually sit at the tables, which I did not know this until recently. The critics sit with the actors. The untouchable critics sit with the untouchable actors uh, and, uh, and enjoy a night of, of awards. How was that?
2: It was so fun. And thank you guys for having me back on the podcast. Critics choice awards was fantastic. It was broadcast live on the CWN TBS from the brand new Fairmont century Plaza hotel in Los Angeles, and got to meet Will Smith, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Jared Leto, so many cool stars. Uh, the director of Dune as well. Denis Villeneuve. It was uh, it was a really good time.
1: All right. I'm jumping in. Cause I'm fascinated by this. I saw all your photos, all your social media. So I want to know the protocol They go to commercial, you get up, you go to an empty seat, you go to a table, Brad Pitt avoids this person, this guy goes here. What is it like? Because you are well above your age in in regards to your soul and your mind. How did you read the room? How'd you work the room? Tell me about that.
2: Yeah, because it was a new place because uh, for most of the time I've been a member, the show has been at the Barker Hangar in Santa Monica with the uh, airplanes flying above us. But this time in this hotel, had to get a vibe of that. The room is huge and it was spectacular to see all the tables, all the lights. And so, yeah, beforehand, uh, during the commercial breaks and after the show, just try to say hi to people, get some pictures with some people, chat with them, go up uh, to somebody, see who doesn't have security around them who isn't mobbed during one break. It's like, well, there's too many people by Will Smith's table. So why don't I go to somebody else? And then maybe I'll try Will Smith during the next break. Uh, So yeah, there's some strategy there and just more of wow, these are the people I want to meet. And I, and oh, wow, I didn't realize this person was going to be here. I need to talk to this. person.
1: Or you've built some great relationships aunt yeah, Hathaway but- and all your friends that you've made in the industry over your very young career. So what's it like when they recognize you or they know your work and you've seen them year after year from the time? How old were you when you started to go to this?
2: I was 13. How old, you How old are you now? Yes, know? yes, twenty-three. So yeah, it's been about it's been about ten years of wow. of uh almost that of doing. Yeah, of doing as, as I always
0: like to ask you, which one says hi, Jackson? That's what we want to know. Which one of these yeah, famous yeah, movie stars yeah. says,
2: "Oh hi, Jackson"? <laughs> Amy Adams and huh. uh, Emily Blunt and uh, I saw Melissa McCarthy was there. I've seen I met Melissa McCarthy on a few occasions. I saw she was at the show again the other night. Tried to find her table, but guys, it is so large the the room and sometimes you're like well, you watch the show after the fact which i always do and go wow i didn't even realize that person was there i didn't see them right. around at all so it's it's so uh immense uh, to try to find everybody but yeah some really uh really sweet and cool people as always yeah
1: let's get into big picture with the movies and the academy awards coming up and you you're involved In the industry, as good as anybody we know, and with the amount of people that miss movies over two years due to COVID, you were one of the first critics back in the movie theaters, and you're talking and writing and blogging and zooming on all these movies. Is there anticipation coming up for the Academy Awards? Do you feel like it's building, considering what we've been through
2: for the last two years? A little bit, but... Not extensively. I mean, last year's ratings for the Oscars were so bad, they were down to 10 million and the year before was 23, that the Academy is worried, ABC is worried, will movie fans watch, will they not? I think some people still care about the Oscars, will want to watch, some people don't. It's just another award show and more movies coming out every week, so it's definitely split as far as who cares and who really doesn't care right now about the Academy Awards.
0: Do you think that the Academy, no matter how many people are watching, whether it's 23 million or 10 million, they, they might change this if it stays at 10 million, but do you think it's too long? They, they tease us with an actor or actress in supporting role early on and give us a really nice uh, candy bar in the first 15 minutes, and then they sing and dance for two hours, and really people haven't gone to the movies. For uh, to see people sing and dance since the '60s, mm. and so I think they try, and, and I love that they give the homage to the people who have brilliantly talented people for those two hours. But that's me, uh, you know. Joe Sixpack, uh, Joe Sixpack probably isn't watching, but the people in the you know, in the flyover states that are watching sometimes think it's too long.
2: Yeah, it can go on too long, which is why the academy or ABC really demanded hey, we got to take out eight categories mm. this year because we want to keep it into three hours. Right. But we also want to add all these other musical numbers and everything. So it's never fully made sense. I, I always believe, and I believe it more so this year than ever, you do all the categories, you can sing the five songs, you can do a monologue, you can do the in memoriam, and you can get it in in three hours. You just have to time it right. I truly have always believed you can do it but the Oscars never seems to want to do that because they always want to go too far with certain things and make it too long.
1: I'm fascinated by this topic. First off, I side with baseball and the length of games. I side with the Academy Awards taking all the bleeping time they want. This is a celebration of movies. America is based on the movie industry. Oh, good for you. We love movies and we shouldn't <laughs> be in a freaking rush. Why are we in a rush in life? <laughs> we have the greatest night in the movies for the entire year and everybody's panicking. Oh my God, we gotta get it from 312 to three. We gotta get it under three. Look, the speeches are the problem. It Let's just cut to the chase. It got politicized. And I like politics. So I'll listen to liberals. I'll listen to conservatives. There are no conservatives in this room. It's all liberals. And then people start throwing darts at people using their time to accept an award for being a unique artist and then politicizing that moment. And it turns off half the country just like it would turn off half the country the other way if it was a different type of show. If they can pull that in and rein that in and they play music when the speeches go too long and they try to get them off the stage... That's the issue. Other than that, I think they got it right. You nailed in memoriam, which is so important. The monologue is critical. Jackson, Jimmy Kimmel is one of the great frontmans in all of television mm-hmm. and the ratings are plummeting with him. What's the odds of getting a Billy Crystal down the road or finding someone else who could just move
2: the room and get it going again?
1: Yeah. Billy Crystal
0: who retired from doing it because he was exhausting of having to work three hours a year.
2: <laughs> well, he did it nine times, right? Yeah, and, and they brought him back that year of uh, Eddie Murphy bowing out. And, and I remember when, when they brought Billy Crystal back. And I believe that was the shortest Oscars of my lifetime. I think that the Billy Crystal oh. one this year. Um, yeah, I you know, Kimmel, when Kimmel came in, that was the first year he did it was the envelope date scandal. And I truly believe that the Academy has never fully recovered from the envelope mishap. And since then they've tried and tried and tried and they've never recovered. They've made a bunch of silly decisions. So they had to bring Kimmel back the second year because of that, which was a smart decision. I think he's one of the best Oscar hosts of, of our lifetime. And this would be the perfect year to get a Jimmy Kimmel to host because you have all this controversy surrounding the Academy's decisions, plus other things going on. Kimmel would have a field day with everything this would have been the perfect year to get him or Ricky Gervais to comment on everything but it seems like they don't want to get that um th- that vibe they don't want to get that edgy vibe this year when I think
0: maybe Kimmel went so far down the political road uh during the last four years during the Trump years that maybe that's what they're worried about they want to keep the red states involved With uh, with the Oscars, maybe that's part of the Jimmy Kimmel decision and not just not based on his talent.
2: But you need a host, too. I mean, look at what he (laughs) did in that envelope as far as somebody who can command the room, control the show. Look at what he did when you watch that envelope gate mishap happen. And when you watch it back, he handles it so well
1: right somebody
2: Uh, live in that situation that's why you always need a host in these situations well and a host that's been on television
0: every night really helps. johnny carson did a great job people who are on tv every night you know and and have the reps the malcolm Mm. gladwell reps of uh hosting a television show every night don't have a problem hosting a television show i
1: I enjoy when they bring back uh royalty if they bring back jane fonda for best Mm. actor if they bring back de niro for best actress, if right? They do it, Me too. The 50th anniversary of The Godfather. Yes, they're going to do that. Yes. Right, they're going to do that. Then I'm really involved with this. As we move on, I want to talk about movies that are defining, lifetime defining movies. And we're going to let you two guys jump in here and go category by category. But are there one or two movies this year that we can look at that you would say, JT, you haven't seen a lot? A lot of the people listening to this podcast haven't been to a lot of movies, but there are two or three that are so over the top, because I know how strong your opinion is Jackson on movies and Mm -hmm. you like everything from animation to musicals. And we have, you know, great directors, but give me one or two movies that we'll be talking about throughout the podcast early in the podcast that are must see. We can't
2: miss. You can't miss a film called flea. It's an animated documentary. Uh, that is nominated for animated feature, documentary feature, international feature, making Oscar history with being in all three of those categories. It's an incredible film. I saw it last year via virtual uh, Sundance. It's tremendous. I also think Drive My Car is an excellent film, nominated for picture, an international feature, and a couple other categories, director as well. And I have to throw in Licorice Pizza, which is Paul Thomas Anderson's film and his tribute to the 70s and, and Bradley Cooper's in it. And uh, Paul Thomas Anderson may finally win. Those to me are three standouts, not the conventional three standouts that everybody else is talking about, but those, those are the three for me.
0: What is Drive My Car about? And are we going to we know I'm noticing here uh, um, in the last several years, the more respect for other language films. They call them foreign language. Only in the United States do we call somebody else's language foreign. But uh, it it is non-English speaking films working their way, not just into best foreign film, but best picture.
2: Right. Roma, Parasite, Minari, Drive My Car. This is the last four years now. Drive My Car is about a playwright of japan and um putting a play together his wife dies and that has a huge influence on him and he's trying to cast this play does he want to act in the play as well that's a huge part of it and it's about his driver um drives him around the area where he's doing the play and she has uh quite a past as well okay and it is three hours long and it goes down some literal and figurative windy roads and some interesting roads uh and and it's it's a cool experience it takes you on a journey and it gets really deep in the final half hour and it's it's got subtle power to it it's not showy 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 the whole way through it's that subtle building power that that drive my car has
0: at what age since you've been a film critic since you popped out of the womb uh at what age did your parents start letting you critique films and and see what age was your innocence robbed uh through your eyes <laughs>
2: What age did I start critiquing? Well, no. What
0: age did you start seeing shit on TV and movies that
2: you shouldn't have been seeing? Oh well, gosh, I don't know. I think they were good about that when okay. I was young. All I right. didn't go to an R-rated film. You know, I think the first R-rated film I saw in a theater with parental guidance right. was Frost, Frost, Nixon when I was ten, and I wanted to see oh, Frost okay. Nixon. Interested in television? It's only R for you know two f bombs in the in the middle oh, okay. of it. Right. Um, but I, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I did not at a very young age, you know, see the, okay. the six movies and, and anything like that. No, I okay. was starting as the kid critic. It was reviewing all those. And yes, as I got older, I, I saw some more as the as the years went on. Yeah.
1: As a young boy, the first time I watched the Academy Awards, though when I first started going to movies, the thing that fascinates me more than everything, every award is best supporting actor. Here's why. I believe I agree, it is. Yeah. The, I believe it is the gateway to an unbelievable career you don't have Mm -hmm. to win best actor it's the same trophy you can start off you can win two and then win the best actor and you can bunch them up how about this run in 1951 carl malden a streetcar named desire wow the following year anthony quinn the year after that oh nothing frank sinatra two years later jack lemon in mr roberts anthony quinn when you go down the list of the greats of all time they won this award it was somewhere in their journey to become a great actor walter Matthau. i start looking at this list and then we get into more of the modern era and some of the bigger names that jump in there and then it is just absolutely mind-blowing Jack Nicholson, Louis Gossett Jr., Don Amici. So let's pick it up from here. This award, they usually give us that candy bar early in the broadcast. And I just think from Joe Pesci to the legends, if you get this one, your career's on track.
2: Yes, yes. I mean, look at Christoph Waltz, won two Oscars in four years. Look at Mahershala Ali, two Oscars in three years in the supporting actor category. Uh, and And this year, I think jk simmons has already won for whiplash he's nominated again for being the ricardo so i don't think he's going to win again well before he-
0: we go into this year's, because this will be a nice segue into yeah. this year's we'll open up this uh this award season and make your predictions and, and get your comments on it with actor in a supporting role but uh, before we get into that for this year are they cheating are they cheating are they taking away some of those great awards from people who are actually supporting actors by slipping in lead actors into the supporting category
2: oh well, that happens some years yeah um it it does and the studios love to look at the amount of time somebody has in a movie and that percentage versus the overall is there a rule do that um they don't like it to be more than half to get into supporting okay. so more than right. half of the movie's length it shouldn't be the case though I remember reading stories that Harvey Weinstein used to bend that rule all the time with men and women. He used to try to do that and others. He used to to
0: bend a a lot of rules with men and women over the years.
2: So, yeah, the, the screen time is tricky, um, but it shouldn't it shouldn't be more than half. It should be significantly less. I remember Alicia Vikander is the one that comes to my mind. Alicia Vikander for the Focus Features film, The Danish Girl. She won for Supporting Actress. Um, some organizations like the Golden Globes and the BAFTAs considered that a lead role. And if you look at the screen time, it's very close to half the movie okay. and very close to being a lead. But because she was a newcomer, new in the industry, they wanted to put her in supporting because they thought she had a better chance and she ended okay. up
1: winning yeah and that's a great that's a great conversation because in 1990 joe pesci won for goodfellas i thought that was close to a lead role i mean he dominated the movie there got best supporting then we went jack palin city slickers gene hackman unforgiven tommy lee jones the fugitive martin landau and ed wood and kevin spacey and i know he's in the penalty box right uh, for the usual suspects how about that run so well
0: i think that i think with goodfellas I know we don't want to go down a rabbit hole here, but I will just take us to the edge. That was Ray Liotta's movie. I thought Ray Liotta was yeah. ripped off. Ray Liotta had the lead in that film. He did the narration of the film beautifully. And it was so weird that they gave everyone else nominations except for the guy that carried the movie.
2: And that always- happened with the Irishman, too. I mean, everybody thought, oh, wow, De Niro was amazing in this. But they gave most of the awards to to Pacino and Pesci okay. for that just a couple
0: yeah. years ago. Yeah. OK, so this year, actor in a supporting role for 2022 It's the awards coming up. Right. Will be um Jesse Plemons, the power of the dog, JK Simmons being the Ricardos, Cody Smith McPhee for the power of the dog, two power of the dogs in there, yeah. uh, Troy Kutzer and Coda, and uh, Siron Hines in Belfast. What do you see in your crystal ball for this award?
2: Crystal ball says Troy Kutzer for Coda, uh, become the first male actor who is deaf to win the academy award his, his co-star miley matlin won uh, many years ago children of a lesser god the co-star in coda a lot of people surprised she's actually not in the supporting actress category this year he's had quite a run uh these last three four weeks spirit awards critics choice bafta sag so it's it's his for sure i for I those
0: who didn't I'm see coda sure. what's it about
2: it is about uh a girl who was part of a a Family who is deaf and uh, trying to navigate life, and um, she can she can hear, but uh, the rest of her family cannot, and and so it's that balance in the relationships and the struggles. And, and what's going to happen in this seaside town uh, to this family. I mean, it's a slice of life story that is definitely connecting with people. I don't love the film because I think it tries too hard to be funny and clever and heartwarming. Um, it's got some scenes that have a little grit to it that I do like, but it's not one of my favorites on the Best Picture ballot. Um, but its it's been connecting with people since it's been on Apple TV Plus uh, over the summer.
0: And J.K. Uh, Simmons, I don't know. if Did you see Being the Ricardos, J.T.? I did jk simmons played fred i thought he was fantastic i liked being the ricardo's
2: oh we could go down a, yeah I yes. loony and i had lunch <laughs> recently and yeah. we we had a good conversation about being the Ricardos.
0: and before we move on to the best supporting actress category and i know you're waiting with bated breath it's time to talk about athletic greens our sponsor one scoop of Athletic Grains you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics just to start your day right. Tons of people take multivitamins but you should start with Athletic Grains. Their special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, It's also lifestyle-friendly if it's a wide range of diets. Only one gram of sugar, no chemicals, no artificial anything. Reclaim your health. Arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition from Athletic Grains. Just one scoop and a cup of water and you're done. And to make it easy, Athletic Grains is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's the Believe Radio Network spelled B-L-E-A-V. Athleticgreens.com slash believe. By the way, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health.
1: I love my role on this podcast because I'm setting you guys up <laughs> with historic moments. We moved right. to Best Supporting Actress with okay. Shelly Winters in 1959, The Diary of Anne Frank. Who remembers that? What a big name. What a big star. Wow. As we move through the history of this role and some of the bigger names to ever ever win. Helen Hayes in Airport 1970. (laughs) Uh, We all remember Tatum O'Neill, Paper Moon in 1973. Who could get that? Some of the recent wins in 1980 and 81. Maureen Stapleton in Reds and from around here, from around here. Yes. Wow! Went to,
2: went to school upstate New York. Yes, one of our uh, claims to fame. Went to the same high school I did, Catholic Central. Uh, yeah, one of the claims to fame.
1: I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm like John Stockton with these assists. Uh, <laughs> Angelica Houston, Pritzi's honor in 1985 while she was dating Jack, and then we moved to the 90s. Whoopie. Whoopi Goldberg and yeah. Ghost, defining moment. She was good. Uh, Diane Wiest in Bullets Over Broadway. We move into the 2000s, and here's a role I thought was great for her career. Catherine Zeta Jones in Chicago, Kate Blanchett in The Aviator, one of my favorite movies, and then a defining role for Jennifer Hudson in Dream Girls jackson as we go to you with best supporting actress this year
0: yeah and here are the nominees jesse buckley the lost daughter ariana du Bois in west side story judy dench in belfast you gotta squeeze a judy dench in year in and year out kirsten dunst the power of the dog and ajenu ellis in king richard
2: i believe ariana du Bois will win for west side story half a century, 60 years after uh, Rita Moreno won, same role, same Supporting Actress Academy Award for West Side Story. Uh, I, I, she's won all these Ariana DeBose throughout the award season. I think she will win, though my goodness is that Judy Dench pick tempting. Ooh, because here's the thing. She won that Supporting Actress Oscar for Shakespeare in Love, eight minutes of screen time. The only Oscar she's won, it's been 23 years. She's been nominated many times since. Yeah. It would be kind of a career achievement win for judy dench uh in a decent role and uh she was one of the big surprises on nominee morning but if there is an upset i think it'll go to judy dench
1: oh the upset alert upset alert yes i love the upset alert we have to take care of someone's entire career on the way out yes give them the trophy even though they're (laughs) going to take it from someone who deserves it great knowledge there let's move to best screenplay jackson murphy our guest on the jt and looney podcast the importance of this award Walk me through this award screenplay, what it means, how important it is in the history of the movies
2: oh the screenplay is always so important it's where the movie begins i mean it begins in the creator's mind but then it goes to the page and you have these original and adapted categories that um, that's also tricky when when sometimes when determining well is something really an original screenplay or an adapted one is it based on something or is it truly not uh, i remember moonlight a few years ago was um considered original for some of the awards groups and then the academy ruled that i think because it was partially based on a play the was something involved there they had to move it to adapted and it won in adapted so sometimes that can be a little tricky
0: well this year uh, for adapted screenplay it's coda drive my car dune lost daughter and power of the dog and where do you think it's going
2: i think it'll go to coda though it's not a guarantee sean hater the the director of coda wrote it And uh, I think it's going to go to her, but could be Maggie Gyllenhaal for Lost Daughter. She wrote and directed that. Could be Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, but I think they're going to give it to Jane uh, in another category. So my pick at this point is Coda, but maybe maybe even Drive My Car sneaks in for that surprise.
0: JT, did you see The Lost Daughter? I did not. Oh, my. Well, you have attention span issues as you you know, as you as you say, the Academy should take all three hours. You, the guy that says the Academy should take all three hours and baseball games should be longer. You with the attention span issues. And I know this is the pot calling the kettle black wow the lost daughter you will uh your attention issues is will be challenged with the <laughs> <lost daughter. laughs> Precisely oh,
2: it's, it's a tough movie right it's a tough movie yeah, to yeah it, it is
0: Ugh, it oh. is and for original screenplay it's belfast don't look up king richard licorice pizza and the worst Ooh. person
1: in the world oh i want to hear this one i like some of the movies i saw here yeah. including uh-huh. king richard jump yeah. on
2: in here King Richard could be a surprise win if it also gets into editing for that win it's nominated for that. And maybe if it, Gets on the best picture path, but we'll see. So it could be King Richard. Don't look up. Adam McKay. I don't know if this is his year to win another Oscar for writing. I'd, I'd like to see Paul Thomas Anderson win for *Licorice Pizza* because it's quite a film, a quite a detailed film, and a personal one for him. But I do believe it will go to Kenneth Branagh for *Belfast*. This is how they will give *Belfast* some love. Uh, it was another a personal story for him as well. I'm not a fan of *Belfast* as a movie, but I think. Kenneth Branagh will finally win an Academy Award for writing.
0: I tried my ass off to see Belfast at the theater Mm. and I didn't have any success. I'm still hoping if it wins some, maybe it'll come back and I'll get to see it. Why didn't you like it?
2: Um, Another movie that tries way too hard. That's that's quite a year for for those and um, not convincing in the drama department or the story department, or even with it being in black and white Um, the set, which has been criticized by many for looking like a, poor stage play set is accurate that's exactly what i kept thinking through the whole movie yeah not not a strong film win
1: best actress you're a made woman for the rest of your life betty davis twice in the 30s for dangerous and jezebel ginger rogers kicked off the 40s what a great actor including joan crawford and mildred pierce loretta young listen to these names olivia de Havilland. this is just before 1950 And then the names just start coming in with Grace Kelly. Ingrid Bergman. You look through the list as we went to the 60s. Elizabeth Taylor got her first Academy Award. Oh, nothing. The years after that, Sophia Loren and Bancroft. These are some of the greatest names in the history of movies. Elizabeth Taylor again came through. And then the run of Catherine Hepburn. So as I tell you this, some of the greatest names are there. Then Jane Fonda gets her first in 1971. Liza comes right after this. <laughs> hey, Dunaway. Diane Keaton, who could forget Sally Field in Norma Rae. Sissy Spacek in The Cold Miner's Daughter. We start looking at Shirley MacLaine. I love the role in terms of endearment. In the 90s, a great run with Kathy Bates in Misery. We'll never forget that role. Jessica Lange in Blue uh, Sky. And then... Jackson, comment on Frances McDormand as now from Fargo. And then the recent one, she is chasing Meryl Streep. Some are saying she is our greatest living
2: actress. Oh, right? she's it's not accurate. It. I love it. Well, her. here's the thing about Francis McDormand. Right. She won for Fargo. She won for three billboards. And she won for Nomadland. Three best actress wins, which oh. Meryl does not have. Meryl has two leads and one supporting. Uh, and, and Frances McDormand also won for producing Nomadland. So she has four Academy Awards now. So, yes, M- Meryl with... Uh, Two leads for um, uh, Sophie's Choice and The Iron Lady, and and the supporting for Kramer versus Kramer. But Francis has three leads, so yes, that battle will rage on for years to come. Wow, and- I
1: would have to give it to Meryl for the overall nominations, though, right? Yes. The overall oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Career, it's, it's we Meryl, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I, I think also, I think Merrill Streep a little more well-rounded. I still see the sheriff in Fargo and every single every single thing Francis McDormand does, but that might be her fault for being so great. In Fargo, and in my fault, my mind for not being so poor and wrapping it around the other roles she does. JT, if you saw No Man Land, No Land, and you saw Lost Daughter, it's a long, long, yeah. short movie. Actress in a leading role: Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter; uh, <laughs> Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye; Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers; Nicole Kidman, Being the Ricardos, and don't tell anybody at school that I saw Spencer. But uh, Kristen Stewart and Spencer, what are you thinking?
2: I'm thinking Kristen Stewart's gonna win. It's gonna be wow. a surprise I, for a film I dislike so much. I saw Spencer <laughs> at a film festival screening. I I looked around in the middle of the movie and I'm like, is he doing anything <laughs> for anybody? And I think six people walked out. I'm not kidding. I kept seeing people get up. Yeah, yeah was, a friend
0: what? of mine said she wanted to throw herself down the staircase after 10 minutes.
2: Oh my gosh! I, I it, it does nothing. I walked out of it. I couldn't put a complete sentence together. That's how gobsmacked I was. (laughs) But I think she'll win because there have been so many critics groups, the younger Academy voters who are very much behind her in this performance and have been for months wanting to see this happen over Jessica Chastain for Tammy Faye and Nicole Kidman for playing Lucy, I think those votes are going to split. I really do. Yeah, this
0: is a tough category. Everyone was incredibly talented, in and well, as it would be obvious, but I think this is an incredibly competitive category because a lot of those movies were really good, and even the ones that you didn't like. I thought the dark, maro- I really thought he picked up the mood of Diana. I don't know if you saw Spencer JT, but it's just one Christmas in Lady dies life with the kids at a palace, and they all have to. Uh, what's funny is they all have to weigh themselves when they get there. It's a tradition going back to the 1500s, and if you don't gain two pounds, you didn't have a good time, which is really you know, fucks with the mind of someone who has an eating disorder. I just think it really captures what a morose person she was at that time in her life, really, God, really well.
1: Sounds like my vodka seven rule in a casino. You <laughs> have to have two or three to know you have uh, a I, I, I,
2: couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do it, it was because it was. Was all fictionalized and it was it's sort of this what if Christmas situation and, and and they, Right, and
0: everybody was whispering. So you couldn't you had to turn the volume up all the way
2: if you're watching is, it at that home. That is true. And also the photographers, they shoved the whole aspect of photographers. Obviously, we know what happens to Diane. Unfortunately, they but. just shoved that in our face, which I thought was terrible and in such poor taste.
1: Jackson Murphy, win best actor. You can walk down any red carpet the rest of your life. Spencer Tracy was the first of two actors to win the award over two consecutive years in the 40s. Oh, nothing. Clark Gable and Gary Cooper on top. Maybe the greatest decade of all time in the category because we also add Bing Crosby mm. who won the best actor. So you look at the names. Lawrence Olivier comes in with Hamlet. In the 1940s, go back to 1940 to 1949 and try to find me a category that was as dominant as those great actors. I go to Marlon Brando on the waterfront in 1954, Ernest Borgnine in Marty the year right after. The 60s, Burt Lancaster wins the Academy Award along with the breakthrough moment for Sidney Portier. May mm-hmm. he rest in peace as he wins Best Actor. We move to the 70s. Oh, my God. George C. Scott in Pac-Man, uh, Patton, followed by Gene Hackman in The French Connection, and then Marlon Brando in The Godfather. How's that for a one, two, three punch? Wow. As we take a look at the 70s, we roll into the 80s. Robert De Niro as Jake LaMotta. Quick yeah. moment. My number one acting performance of all time, JT the Brick, top three movie of all time, Raging Bull, top actor performance, number one right there, Henry Fonda on Golden Pond. Oh, Robert Duvall, Tender Mercies is back. Paul Newman in The Color of Money and Michael Douglas Mm -hmm. as Gordon Gecko, a career-defining moment. They come back. With Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man and Drum Roll Please, my favorite actor of all time. Oh, and it hurts Jesus me to Christ say this the greatest actor to ever live, uh, Daniel Day uh, Lewis. Yes. Starts his run. Jackson, <laughs> let's pick this up. Win this award. It defines your life. You're a made man. Here I am, acting! I'm Daniel Day Lewis.
0: Oh, give me a break. Here are the nominees for Best Actor. Javier Bardam being the Ricardos. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, power of the dog, Andrew Garfield, tick, tick, boom, Will Smith, King Richards, Denzel Washington,
2: the tragedy of
1: Macbeth. Denzel, another guy. Always sneaking in. Mounting a legacy. Walk, Walk me through this.
2: Yes, yes. But it's not Denzel's year. It's Will Smith's year. He has to win for King Richard. It's an incredible performance. If there's an upset, maybe Andrew Garfield for tick, tick, boom, who is quite good. And in other years, Andrew Garfield would win in this category and have a good battle with Benedict Cumberbatch, who gives the best performance performance in The Power of the Dog. Um, Javier Bardem has no shot. Denzel, some years he might win. I thought he got better as the movie went on for Macbeth. Uh, it's got to be Will Smith. Will Smith now, is is finally going to win an Oscar.
0: Who held the gun to your head to see Macbeth? Was it your mom or your dad? <laughs> oh
2: my God. Yeah, I, I, You know, it's, it's, it's a little tough in spots, but the way Denzel <laughs> delivers the dialogue and the okay. rhythms of it, that's what makes that movie watchable enough for me.
1: All right, I have a problem here. Uh, yeah. Will Smith, who I watched Independence Day the other night. I just was searching and came up, and uh, Fresh Prince and all the roles. I didn't like him in Ali. I did not. I did not Uh like him in. I didn't love him in Ali. I liked him in Ali. I have a rule that if you win your first, you shouldn't have your first before Tom Cruise. (laughs) Tom Cruise guy, because he was in so many movies that he should have walked away. Rain Man, he should have won an Oscar. Born on the Fourth of July, from my hometown in Massapequa, he should have won a bleeping Academy Award. And now I got Tom Cruise, Tom Looney, having to wait for Will Smith, as Jada is in the crowd screaming, and he's gonna. But look. Look, I watched the movie. It was riveting. I knew the backstory, and I completely fell into that role. I thought he was brilliant. I agree with you. I didn't see many of these roles, but I don't know how you could take this trophy away from wow. him. Yeah, yeah.
0: and 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 the, and the music is playing. We have about three minutes left. Oscar nominees for best picture: Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard's, Licorice Pizza. Nightmare Alley, which I love, The Power of the Dog and West Side Story.
2: You love Nightmare Alley? Oh my goodness.
0: Oh my God, yes.
2: Suck you in? Okay, I thought the middle section of Nightmare Alley was good, the beginning and the end were, were a little rough. It could go one of several ways. Coda is gaining momentum. Belfast has a little traction, but I think it's died down. Power of the dog, but here's the thing. Netflix still hasn't won a Best Picture Academy Award. They tried with uh, Roma, they tried with The Irishman, they tried with Trial of the Chicago 7. If there are still people who don't want a streamer to win the Best Picture Academy Award, then they're gonna go to the bigger studio, theatrical releases, And my money is on King Richard. I do believe King Richard can win Best Picture and it will win Best Picture because that momentum, the way they do the balloting system, which we've talked about here before of ranking the movies one to 10, I think King Richard will be pretty high up on people's lists. And when they do the math and add it all up, I think King Richard is your winner.
1: Fabulous. As we wrap this up, I want to give a plug to a friend named Roger Guy English. Everybody Google Roger Guy English, one of the most unique movie minds of my lifetime. There's a documentary coming out about his life. A couple of my friends, including my best friend Jim Baxter, is putting this picture together. And Roger has been my guy that gives me my picks every year. And he's just brilliant. He's a savant when it comes to the movies. And there is a documentary coming out on Roger's life. He just texted me he said best picture power of the dog best director jane is a campion Campion, yes best actor will smith best actress jessica chastain best supporting actor troy kotzer best supporting actress ariana DeBose. Mm -hmm. best screenplay power of the dog jane campion and just for the record i thought power of the dog sucked so that's what he just hit me because I was telling him I was doing this. But Jackson, again, a plug on the way out. I am so proud of you. I love our friendship. I love how you and Looney have lunch with your dad. I love the fact that you're sliding in chairs talking to the biggest actors and actresses in the world, and you're a really solid, rock solid, successful film critic. Tell Thank everybody you. where they can find your work
2: twitter at lcj reviews instagram at lights cam jackson and the website is lights-camera-jackson.com thank you guys so much for having yeah, me yeah for
0: people who miss siskel and ebert go to lights camera jackson that's what i did
2: thank you that was Damn. fun it
0: was it was, was really, it really 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 was great right. thank you
2: guys a, very much sure cool keep it up
1: um uh, now let me ask you a personal question are you considering at some point moving out
2: west with your success and what's happening i mean i'm sure people ask you that we'll have to see what happens it depends on the right opportunity there are some things in the works on various things but being at home these last couple years with covid has been fantastic sure. to do lots of interviews and uh, and things uh over the internet but uh going to places is always fun too so we'll have to say good job guys love I'll
1: it talk to you soon take care buddy. you guys